The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 19th chapter. Then the children were brought to him, that he may lay his hands upon them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands upon them and went away. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You can have a seat. Many of you know that I have a 10-month-old son. There he is. He's the best. For his... He is. For his whole life, though, that's Levi, by the way, for his whole life, Levi's been bottle-fed. It's all that he knows. But one of the things that's been happening recently as he gets a little bit older is that he's becoming uh, less and less interested in what's in his bottle and more and more interested in whatever Lauren and I are eating. He's starting to grab at plates and, and lunge toward food anytime it comes near him. Last weekend, we were at lunch after church and we were eating Chinese food and he was so mad. He was so mad because he wanted some of that Chinese food. He's never had Chinese food. He has no idea what it tastes like, but he wants it. He wants it, and it's that way with anything that we're eating, Chinese food or any other thing. He wants it. He craves it, but it's not what he needs. Craving the things that we need, the things that are the right ones for us, is the message of our first Peter text from this evening, the one that we heard just now. Crave pure spiritual milk, Peter says. And here's what pure spiritual milk is. Here's what that means. Just as a mother's milk is the basic building blocks for, for physical health, the most nourishing substance that a baby can get, in the same way spiritual milk is the basic message of the Christian faith, the most nourishing thing for our spiritual health. Pastor Scott recently summed it up in uh, using five Bible verses. I'm not going to read all five of them, but it went like this. God created man. Man broke the relationship between he, he and God when sin came into the picture. God sent a rescuer to repair the relationship. Through baptism, that gift of rescue and repaired relationship becomes yours. Now you walk with Jesus until that time when he comes again to bring you into his kingdom. And all of this, of course, is your free gift, not for you to earn. That's the basic gospel. That's the basic good news of the Christian faith. That is pure spiritual milk. That is your story. It's what God made true for you once and for all. And like milk to a baby, that basic truth, that basic good news is everything that you and I need for a strong and healthy relationship with the Father. As we talk about being confidently childlike, part of what that means is holding on to that message, that basic understanding, resting in that truth, trusting that it's enough in the way that a child does with their milk. Or, to use Peter's language, what it means is to crave that. What does it mean to crave something? When I crave a specific food, nothing else will do, right? Nothing else will satisfy me, at least not in the same way. That food is the only one that I want. But if that's what it means 
to crave spiritual milk, if that kind of posture is the posture Peter is encouraging toward the good news of Jesus, then we have to admit that we don't always crave it. Just like with a food craving, there are many reasons why we might not crave that pure spiritual milk, that basic good news message that Peter is encouraging. Sometimes that's because something else seems more appetizing. That other thing draws my attention or seems like a better path. Maybe that means resting on my own accomplishments because I'm drawn to the control that that offers me. Or it means building my own security, which feels safer than simply trusting in Jesus. It might take the form of spicing up the gospel message with other stuff, with some additional rules and regulations, some prescriptions for behaving this way or avoiding that thing. At times, though, it's not an active choice or a purposeful decision to go a different way. It just sort of happens. Just like my actual diet, my food diet, when I so often eat things just because that's what I'm in the habit of eating. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have the same breakfast every morning or the same sandwich for lunch every day just because that's what you do. And it can work the same way with our consumption of this gospel message that Peter is encouraging. Here's an example of what that might look like. Where is the first place that you turn when you need encouragement or or reassurance or a clue for which way to go? I'll be honest, for me, it's not always to God's word. It's not always to scripture that first place that I turn. It might be a, a podcast or a book or maybe to the Instagram feed. Not for bad reasons or even purposeful reasons. That's just the habit sometimes. There's one more reason for for why we eat the things that we eat, and, and it has nothing to do with craving. Here's a question for you. How much of what you eat do you not even crave? How much of what you eat do you barely even want? We eat sometimes because it's there, right? When I walk through our kitchen at home, I don't need a chocolate. I don't necessarily even want a chocolate. I'm certainly not craving that chocolate, but it's there, so I eat one or three. Are there things other than God's word that you're filling up on just because they're there? I get up in the morning and it's easy enough to sort of jump right into my morning routine and then at lunch I can pull out my phone and go to a social media app or a a news site and by evening after dinner and bedtime mostly I just flip on the TV and collapse in front of it. It is possible, in other words, to fill up on all kinds of other things, some that draw you away from the pure good news of God and some that might actively work against that good news. And here's the thing. All of that other stuff Everything we've talked about so far, all of that other stuff will grow you in the same way that eating candy and ice cream will grow you. You'll get larger, right? You'll get bigger. But this is why your mom always told you not to fill up on that stuff before dinner or not to spoil your appetite. Growth is the goal. That's the other side of what it is to be confidently childlike. A confident child doesn't want to stay a child forever. We might know someone like that. Someone might have someone like that in our lives, but it's not usually pretty. A confident child wants to grow. But simply growing bigger isn't quite the goal. Your mom had something more in mind for you. 
Your mom had something more in mind for your physical growth, and God has something more in mind for your spiritual growth. To be confidently childlike is to hold on to the pure spiritual milk, to rest in the pure, simple goodness of what God has done for you, and to use that to grow toward all that God has in mind for you. Paul gets at this in 1 Corinthians when he encourages his hearers and us to move on from from milk and and, and to, to move on toward meat. And here's why. Look back to our reading of what Peter says is true of you. Peter says you are being built up into a spiritual house, into a a holy priesthood. In other words, redeeming you, rescuing you from sin, and bringing you back into relationship with God. That was only the beginning for you. He has made you, God has made you his by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and applied that gift directly to you and specifically for you in the waters of baptism. That is your gift. That is your identity. In that baptismal moment, God made you a once and for all promise that you are part of the family and there is a place for you around his table. And that on its own, that on its own is enough. But like a loving parent, God has even more in mind for you, even more in store for you. You matter in this thing that God is doing. You're important in it. Your father is invested in you. He wants to build you up. And so, in order that you might have the fullness of everything your father has in mind for you, that you wouldn't be lulled into exchanging it for empty spiritual calories. He holds out to you this pure spiritual milk, that pure good news message of what God has done for you through Jesus with this invitation. Drink deeply from it and taste that the Lord is good. Now your Bible, if you have it open or if you, if you look at it at home, it might say, if in fact you have tasted that the Lord is good. Actually, the phrasing here has more the idea of since you have tasted that the Lord, or some, some will say now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. In other words, there's no question about that. You have certainly tasted the Lord's goodness in your baptism, and as you reflect on that promise, you are tasting the Lord's goodness, and it's available for you also to taste not only in that one moment, but over and over, here even in this place, as we gather around the altar to receive the bread and wine that is the body and blood of Christ shed for you to bring you forgiveness right into your hands, right into your mouth, onto your tongue. You are tasting that the Lord is good, and here in this place, as we come together with other Jesus followers and we find support and encouragement and others to help carry our heavy burdens, you are tasting that the Lord is good. And even beyond this place, because the same Jesus who was able to say the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame walk, that same Jesus is still at it in your life. The goodness of God is on full display around us and among us as he continues to be at work here in this place and beyond these walls in your life and in this world, you are tasting over and over for you that the Lord is good. That is your assurance. That is your assurance secured for you on the cross and in baptism. There is a solid foundation for you to hold on to, to crave. That is to desire above all other sources of alleged spiritual nourishment. That is your assurance as you use it to grow into all that God has in mind for you. But craving, craving is an interesting thing, isn't it? Peter says, crave it. 
but I can't make a craving. I either crave something or I don't. I can't decide what to crave. So how then do we actually do what we're being encouraged to do here? Let's use another food analogy to answer that question. Several years ago, I decided to try an eating plan, a diet, an eating plan that was modeled after the one that Daniel and his friends used when they were in the palace courts at Babylon. If you remember that story, you know that uh, Daniel was ordered along with all the other uh, palace officials to eat a certain way so that he would be perceived healthy enough for what the, the king thought uh, should be appropriate. But it violated those Jewish customs. It had uh, things in there that Daniel, in his Jewish faith, uh, did not think were appropriate to eat. So he said, let me try this other plan and we'll see who's healthier. And so I decided to follow a plan that, uh, that is modeled after that one. I think it was for 27 days. I was supposed to eat a whole food, plant-based diet. That means no meat, no processed foods, no additives like sugar or any other good things. Only things that come out of the ground as close as possible to the way in which they came out of the ground. And for the first several days, what do you think that I wanted more than anything? the candy, the sweets, the junk food, all that stuff that I couldn't have. But around day 14, an interesting thing happened. I started to want, really want, the crunch of a crisp salad, the juicy sweetness of a strawberry. I started to be able to taste these things in my mouth, and they actually made my mouth water. What I craved started to change based on what I was eating more and more of. So how then do you get confidently childlike? How do you begin to do as Peter says and crave this pure spiritual milk of God? Guess what? It's already there for you. The goodness and sweetness of God's love for you and his promises are already yours. He's already holding them out to you. If you want more of it, eat more of it. Consume it. Spend time in his word and, and spend time in prayer and, and talk about those truths and those promises with your family and your friends and watch your craving grow. For his simple truth, with all of its joys and hope and peace for you. In Jesus' name, amen.